Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson uh, for this morning comes from Mark, the ninth chapter. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is no secret that when I moved out here to the Mission Valley, I was smitten with the mountains. I'd hoped to move to the Mountain West from the Midwest for years, and when Bishop Christ, or then Bishop Jessica Christ, advocated that I be assigned to the Montana Synod, I was pretty excited that I might get the opportunity to live among some of the most beautiful views this world has to offer, right here in the Northern Rockies. Yet, this was before my paperwork was sent uh, to Ronan in particular, and I soon remembered riding the train from Wisconsin to Washington, and how when I crossed into Montana from North Dakota, things did not really change for <laughs> hundreds of miles. <laughs> Name Montana, Spanish for land of the mountains, is a real misnomer for most of the treasure state. Is that, is that true in Jordan, Richard? <laughs> When it turned out that our bishop had selected me with Ronan in mind, and then you all decided to call me here, I was happy that our dream of living among, living among the mountains would come true. When the time came for us to finally move out here, it was even more surreal than I expected. We spent our weekends hiking the missions and discovering our way around the lake. I even bought a canoe so I could enjoy the mountain views from the water and not just the trails. I was grateful that the Lord had led me here. And like Peter, James, and John on the mountain with Jesus at his transfiguration, the light of God shone on my life in new and wondrous ways. Many people talk about finding God on the mountain. That was certainly my experience in those first few months of living among the missions. 
Much sooner than I expected, however, the surreal luster of the natural beauty that God has blessed this place with began to wear off a little bit. And life started to get real again. I began gazing upon the splendor of the missions during more than my simple carefree hikes up their western slopes. But also now, as I emerged from the hospital, after praying with people who were sick, dying, or both. As I took in the abundant beauty of the natural world that envelops our valley, I learned more and more about the poverty, drug use, and abuse contained within it. Along with the evening sunsets dancing off the peaks to our east came the pains and stresses of ministry that can be difficult to navigate for a new pastor learning the ropes. The mountaintop experiences that at first were resplendent and surreal were then, were then tainted by the realities of life, work, and ministry. Moving in the opposite direction of our gospel story for this week, the mountains were, shall I say, untransfigured before my eyes. The surreal became common. That which was once hoped for was taken for granted. Those unexpected scenescapes that dazzled my eyes became routine as viewing them out my kitchen window became part of my daily rhythm. That which at first was mystifying and marvelous became actualized, known, and dare I say, at times even stagnant. The same glorious scenery in our new home changed. <clears throat> uh, the, the same glorious scenery in our new home changed. All it took was time and repetition. Of course, nothing about the missions changed. It was only how I viewed them that morphed over time. Geologists tell us that the Rockies from Canada to New Mexico are indeed rising slowly and surely over time. But the rise is very slow and imperceptible to the human eye. There was no way that I observed that change. Nor has there been noticeably large or destructive forest fires on the western slopes of the missions to scar my missions, uh, scar my visions of its forests. Everything is as it was when I arrived. It was only me who viewed them differently. All was not lost, however, for though the glorious views from our deck have ceased to demand my daily attention, every once in a while, I will randomly find myself breathless once again at the mountain wonders to our east. Whether it be like a couple of days ago when the temperature dropped so much that the clouds cleared and the whole western face of missions was blanketed with snow as though it had been painted on. Or in the spring when the clouds lift just to the top of the peaks, almost as if they're shaking hands. I find myself enraptured once again. Now and then, when I find myself desperate in, or in desperate prayer for some sort of sign from God to restore my hope, I will look up and be reassured 
And God was there the whole time. Time and again, God has transfigured these mountains before my eyes when and how I needed it most so that I might be renewed in my Christian faith, hope, and love once again. I pray that many of you find yourselves encouraged in similar ways. I share this reflection to help us think about Jesus' transfiguration on the mountaintop before the eyes of Peter, James, and John. Jesus led those three up the mountain and what they saw changed their lives. He was transfigured, which means that the light began to shine on and out of him in new ways, so that he was dazzling, dazzling to behold and to be seen. It was a sort of anointing, a moment in which Jesus' kingship was confirmed, especially when the voice from the cloud declared, this is my beloved son, or this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. He had an authority that was confirmed from heaven itself. And that authority was sealed at that blessed moment. Now the text says that the disciples did not know what to say because they were terrified at all of this. Who wouldn't be terrified, right? I mean, heaven and earth were being changed right before their eyes. So it would be hard for any of us to take that in stride. I suppose I should not really phrase it that way, though, because the transfiguration was not about Jesus changing, but about the dramatic change in how the disciples viewed Jesus. A commentary I read on this text pointed out that this was not a transformation, but a transfiguration. Jesus was the same before and after. He was not really changed at all in the whole thing. The ones who were changed were the onlookers. The disciples were moved with fear, did not really know how to respond, and the best Peter could come up with was to say that they should stack up a few rocks to remember the occasion. Just as the Mission Mountains remain the same year after year, though we may view them differently over time. The transfiguration was all about leading the disciples to see Jesus in a different light. He was transfigured for their, for their sakes, so that they might recognize truly and deeply that he was indeed the Messiah, the, the Anointed One, sent among us to save the world. Just as the storied mountains that encase our valley can look different over time, so does our Lord who lived among us long ago. Though none of us were there for his actual transfiguration, Jesus can still be viewed differently over time by his disciples to this day. There may be days or seasons of your life when you do not necessarily understand the full extent of who he was, what it means for him to be the Son of God incarnate. 
There may be other days or seasons when you find yourself like Peter, James, and John, dazzled, dazzled in the light of our Lord's transfiguration and looking for anything, even simple stones, to mark those sacred moments with the sun. However, or however you see Jesus this week or the next, remember that the light of God transfigured him long ago with Moses and Elijah by his side. And Jesus will be transfigured before the eyes of all his disciples who find themselves on the mountain with him. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.